Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. GX on Agriculture. With Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, the government of Saskatchewan has released the 2022 Saskatchewan Club Route distribution map, which outlines the rural municipalities where Club Route has been identified. We'll hear from Ali Riza Akhavan, who is Saskatchewan's plant disease specialist. He'll tell us all about it. One of the busiest agricultural weeks in Saskatoon began today. The gates opened at the Western Canadian Crop Production Show at noon. We'll hear from a number of people who will be participating in the event this week. The massive consumer electronics show started Thursday in Las Vegas. Usually the initial keynote presentation is made by a company like Microsoft, Apple or Amazon. This year it was John Deere and we'll hear from their CEO John May coming up on today's program. So all of those stories and much more on today's edition of GX and Agriculture. But first it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. The government of Saskatchewan has released the 2022 Saskatchewan Club Route distribution map, which outlines the rural municipalities where Club Route has been identified. Ali Riza Akhavan is Saskatchewan's plant disease specialist. So uh, we just found uh, visible Club Route symptoms in two more commercial canola fields. And also we detected the DNA of the pathogen in four new fields. So uh, six new fields in total was added uh, to our uh, previous findings, which, uh, which shows uh, a low spread of the pathogen in general. Also, it suggests that uh, the Clawbrook monitoring program was uh, quite successful over years, plus that uh, it also suggests that producers and agrologists and uh, other uh, stakeholders like SAS, Canola, or CIC, or SARM, they all did uh, a great job or they did their due diligence in, in management of the disease. So it's uh, quite low uh, spread of the pathogen now. So all together with these uh, two new visible symptoms, we got to 82 fields in total for Saskatchewan for uh, Clawbrut with visible symptoms and with four new DNA detected, we get to 42 fields with DNA of the pathogen only in total for Saskatchewan. So at this time, if we add these two numbers up, then we get to 124 fields in total for Saskatchewan since we uh, got hit by the pathogen uh, from the very beginning. Uh, 
which is quite uh, which is still quite a very low spread of the disease uh, over the province uh, if we just want to have a number for comparison then we can look at over though they passed uh, uh, this past growing season they passed 4,000 fields with visible symptoms. So after this many years, get, getting hit by uh, chlorbrut, getting to 124 fields in total, shows, uh, shows a sound uh, management practice for chlorbrut in the province. He says it outlines the importance of a three to four year crop rotation. For sure, yeah, that's it. The, like rotation to me is like number one most important practice. And, uh, of course, what you suggested is, like, the best, but at least a two years break from canola still helps a lot. Akavan says he notes there's no herbicide available for club root yet. Not, nothing at this time that can be applicable to the field setting. So, at this time, there is no, uh, uh, there is no uh, pesticide that can be applied at the field scale to manage the disease. So, it will remain mainly the resistant cultivars. So, we suggest everyone who grows uh, canola, grow uh, claw root resistant cultivars, also the rotation. And also in the area, still when we look at the map, the vast majority of the province is still clobbered free in terms of visible symptoms. So sanitation still plays a key role in, in Saskatchewan. He adds the western side of Saskatchewan is seeing the lion's share of club root. Yeah, exactly. And perhaps also uh, in, I guess, the vast majority of the producers follow sound rotation. But uh, we uh, sometimes here or there see uh, very tight rotations of canola in most, mostly in the north part of the province. And he had these final comments. If uh, you're interested in the number of RMs uh, that are new for chlorbrut and they had no history of chlorbrut, so two of the new uh, finding of visible symptoms we had this year, uh, one of them are from a new RM. So what we will have one new RM with visible symptom in 2022, which is the RM of uh, North Battleford 437. And uh, from those four new uh, fields that we uh, detected the DNA of the pathogen only, three of them, they come from new RMs. So we, this year we have one new RM with visible symptoms and three new RMs with uh, the DNA of the pathogen detected. So four new RMs in, gen in total for 2022. So six new fields and four new RMs for 2022. In the Parkland region, one to nine fields with club root systems have been found in the RM of Invermay and in the RM of Clayton, which is based in Hyas. The club root pathogen has been detected, but with no visible symptoms. In the RM of Cote, based in Kamsak, the RM of Sliding Hills, based in Makado, the RM of Keys, based in Kenora, and the RM of Livingston, based in Erin. These results show the importance of continuing to monitor and manage club root, which is a declared pest under the Pest Control Act. All producers with visible clubroot symptoms or fields with the presence of the pathogen have been notified. 
The specific land locations are kept confidential and not shared publicly to protect the producer's privacy. Land locations are only shared with the appropriate RM if they have club route specific bylaws enacted and visible symptoms have been confirmed. In 2022, over 500 fields were inspected as part of the club route monitoring program. Producers and industry agrologists were able to receive a free soil testing bag kit via the Ministry of Agriculture's website or a regional office. In total, 39 soil samples were submitted for laboratory analysis and Saskanola covered the cost of each test. The Ministry of Agriculture, in collaboration with Saskanola, the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation and plant health officers, implemented the club root monitoring program to understand the distribution and severity of the disease in the province and where it has been already detected. The program includes in-field surveillance, free on-farm soil DNA testing for producers and agrologists, and encouraging club root reporting from producers and industry. Club root is a soil-borne disease that can cause significant yield loss when pathogen levels are high, a susceptible crop is grown, and when environmental conditions are favorable. Proactive club root management, a combination of rotation, resistant varieties and sanitation practices is key to reducing possible yield losses due to club root. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94, Ag Review. John Deere has signed a Memorandum of Understanding with the American Farm Bureau Federation that's aimed at ensuring farmers and ranchers maintain the right to repair their own John Deere green farm equipment. The MOU is intended to secure fair and reasonable access for U.S. farmers and their mechanics to diagnostic and repair codes, manuals, product guides, and diagnostic tools from John Deere. The Farm Bureau has agreed to encourage its state members to refrain from introducing, promoting, or supporting federal or state right-to-repair legislation that imposes obligations beyond the commitments in this MOU. The Farm Bureau says it sees the MOU serving as a model for right-to-repair agreements with other manufacturers and that those discussions are also underway. CN and CP Rail supplied a combined 52% of hopper cars ordered in Green Week 22, a significant decline from the previous week's 64%, reflecting a decline in performance for each of CN and CP. In supplying 46% of hopper cars ordered on time in week 22, CN's order fulfillment performance declined from the prior week and fell to the lowest level seen thus far this year. CN performance this week once again fell short of the 90% threshold, having now not reached that threshold in 9 of the last 10 weeks and 13 times in the last 16 weeks. CP order fulfillment performance declined once again this week, with the railway supplying 60% of cars ordered as compared to 64% the prior week. This marks the 17th consecutive week that CP has fallen short of the 90% performance threshold. 
The total number of birds on Canadian farms lost due to H5N1 avia influenza nearly hit the 7 million mark in the 2022 calendar year, with over 40% of those birds affected in the last two months in southern B.C. Heading into 2023, the ongoing outbreak of highly pathogenic avian influenza is unprecedented in terms of the number of detections, the geographical distribution, and its long duration. That's according to the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. For most of 2022, Alberta was the hardest-hit province. However, poultry producers in B.C. have been devastated by the virus since the middle of November, with wild birds lingering later in B.C.'s moderate climate. South of the border, U.S. farms lost nearly 58 million birds in commercial and backyard flocks in 2022, surpassing the largest previous outbreak in 2015. A former federal MP from B.C.'s interior is calling on Canada to ban the overseas export of horses for slaughter. Nelson Reese, who served as the New Democrat MP for Kamloops from 1980 to 2000, says in a letter to a local newspaper, more than 41,000 horses have been shipped to Japan from Western Canada over the past nine years for slaughter. Reese says Prime Minister Justin Trudeau promised to ban horse exports in 2021 for slaughter, but the practice continues. He says the horses transported in small wooden crates on board cargo planes for 28 hours face cruel and unusual punishment. The remaining cattle that had been on the lamb for months in central Quebec were finally recaptured over the weekend. Quebec's Farmers Union says the last three of the 15 cattle that escaped from a farm in July were rounded up on Saturday. For the last 45 days, the union has rounded up all 15 animals and returned them to their owner in Saint-Sever, Quebec, about 130 kilometers northeast of Montreal. The remaining three fugitives were recaptured this weekend with the use of supervised feeding areas around which fences were gradually installed. Union officials say they will debrief and try to determine who is responsible for tracking and capturing future runaway farm animals. When the cattle's owner first reported them missing, officials with the Quebec government said they weren't responsible for searching for breeding animals. And that's the Ag Review portion of our program. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will be back right after this. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's cloudy and minus 10 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at 1 o'clock. One of the busiest agricultural weeks in Saskatoon began today. The gates opened at the Western Canadian Crop Production Show at noon. Leanne Hurlbert is the agriculture manager at Prairieland Park. She's been involved with many previous crop production shows, but this will be her first as manager. It's also the 40th anniversary of the Western Canadian Crop Production Show. The show started back in 1983 in the Jubilee Building, and now we've grown to our trade center and uh, all of the buildings. So we are very excited to host exhibitors that have been here for 40 years. There are more than 330 companies and organizations at the Crop Production Show, 
and they will all be vying for farmer attention. Kevin Hirsch farms at Cabri in southwestern Saskatchewan and is also an agricultural journalist and commentator. Producers will always be kicking tires and, and looking where price levels are at. They'll also be, if they haven't bought fertilizer already, where that price may be going and try to understand that market and, and when the best time to pull the trigger on purchases are. There will be plenty of equipment on display, but delivery times on purchases will vary. If you want to buy a new drill or want to buy a, a new tractor, when will it actually be delivered? So that becomes a question. The, the availability and the supply chains have been pinched, and it's not a case of going to the crop show and talking to air cedar manufacturer X and necessarily having it for spring. It might be spring of 2024 before you get it. So those kinds of considerations also come into play as people are having discussions at crop show. In addition, the various agricultural producer development commissions will hold annual general meetings in conjunction with the crop production show. First off the mark this morning was the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. One of the highlights will be a vote on a resolution to amalgamate Sask Wheat and the Saskatchewan Winter Cereals Development Commission. Brett Halstead farms at Nokomis and is the chair of Sask Wheat. The resolution is expected to pass based on previous discussions over the past year. We've gone through a consultation process and all but one or two people liked the idea of it and thought we were on the right track and then we followed that up with an actual implementation plan and same thing, just about everybody liked it. Also on tap today, the wheat and pulse crop market outlooks and the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Annual General Meeting. Hours at the Crop Production Show are noon until 6 today, 9 until 5 tomorrow and Wednesday, and then from 9 until 4 on Thursday. Livestock Market Conditions U.S. live cattle futures for February are trading at 157.57. That's up 80. April live cattle trading at 161.52, up 85. March feeder cattle trading at 186.07, up 42. April feeder cattle trading at 190.42, up 60. February lean hogs trading at 80.92, up 65. April lean hogs trading at 90.80, up 115. And that's the livestock market conditions. The massive consumer electronics show started Thursday in Las Vegas. Usually the initial keynote presentation is made by companies like Microsoft, Apple, or Amazon. This year it was John Deere, an agricultural and a construction equipment manufacturer. This is John Deere Chief Executive Officer John May. When I began working in this industry 25 years ago, everyone focused on equipment and making that equipment larger and more powerful. At that time, the bigger the equipment was, the more efficient it was in a field, building a highway, or at a construction site. 
This is fundamentally changing. Today, farming, construction, and road building is less about the size of the machines and more about technology, intelligence, and sustainability, both economic and environmental. Last Thursday, John Deere unveiled a new sensor-based fertilizer placement technology for planters as part of the company's keynote address at the CES Tech Industry Show in Las Vegas. The technology is called the Exact Shot System. This is Deanna Kovar, John Deere's Vice President of Production and Precision Ag Systems. Many farmers apply starter fertilizer while planting. Today, based on technology available to them, they spray the fertilizer continuously down each row of seeds, even though only the seed needs the jolt. As of today, this is going to change. John Deere's new exact shot technology allows farmers to apply starter fertilizer precisely at scale with speeds up to 10 miles per hour and only where the seeds are planted. This reduces the amount of starter fertilizer farmers need by more than 60%, while still allowing them to maintain the speeds they need to get the job done on time. Kovar says this will result in major cost savings to the farmer, as well as benefiting the environment. About two-tenths of a milliliter directly onto the seed at the exact moment it goes into the soil. The speed, synchronization, and precision at which this is happening in the field was previously unthinkable. The combination of sensors and robotics delivers a massive cost savings to the farmer and a significant benefit to the environment. Because in the process of growing corn today, fertilizer accounts for a large portion of total greenhouse gas emissions. That means exact shot can have an immediate, measurable impact on our environment today. With more detail on that, this is Johnny Heinemann, John Deere's Chief Technology Officer. Farmers growing corn on the 90 million acres in the U.S. apply about 140 million gallons of that in-furrow starter fertilizer every year to help those seeds turn into productive plants. With ExactShot, which Deanna just introduced, we can reduce the amount of fertilizer needed by more than 60%. That's 93 million gallons. Based on today's commodity prices, this can save farmers $650 million on input costs. But it also prevents that wasted fertilizer from encouraging weed growth or increasing the risk of running off the field and into a waterway. In addition to fertilizer, U.S. farmers also use more than 23 million gallons of herbicides annually in the United States for weed management. Using sea and spray technology, we can reduce that by up to two-thirds. That's 15 million gallons of herbicide. This could save U.S. farmers roughly a billion dollars based on today's input prices. The previous comments were made last Thursday by John Deere officials at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. We'll have more coming up on that show right after this. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. Electric passenger vehicles will be an option for a future but running tractors and large construction equipment on electricity is not feasible. That's according to Johnny Heinemann, the Chief Technology Officer for John Deere. Heinemann spoke Thursday at the Massive Technology Conference in Las Vegas. 
Some of you may find this statement a bit controversial, but the path to a sustainable future does not rely only on electrification to power vehicles. Biofuels like ethanol and renewable diesel, which may be created from plants, must be just as much a part of the solution. Because large-scale electrification of high-horsepower equipment faces steep technical challenges that make an electric-only future unlikely in the near term. Heinemann backed his position using a typical tractor as an example. A typical day's work for the 8R tractor like the one you see behind me includes operating continuously for 14 hours at 75% of its peak power, about 230 kilowatts. That's the energy equivalent of 38 Tesla Model 3 long-range batteries. Or in different terms, 15,000 liters in volume and over 48,000 pounds. To put that in perspective, that battery would double the weight and size of the tractor today at four times the existing cost of the tractor to produce the amount of energy required. These changes would lead to negative agronomic impacts on the farm, like excessive soil compaction. Using biofuels on the farm makes even more sense and also reduces carbon emissions. You see, biofuels support a circular economy where a farmer can utilize a portion of the crops that they grow, like sustainably grown grains and oil seeds, to power the very machines that they use. Those biofuels aren't limited to John Deere machines. They can power everything from cars to semis to airplanes, reducing carbon emissions and the pressure on all of our natural resources. And our excitement for the future of biofuels shouldn't take anything away from electrification. The world benefits from all of these solutions to meet our global clean energy needs. Johnny Heinemann is the Chief Technology Officer with John Deere. His comments are from a presentation at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas on Thursday. Commodities Update. Canola futures are trading down across the board this hour. March canola trading at 860.80, that's down $8.10. May canola trading at 857.40, down $8.90. March Minneapolis wheat trading at 902.5, up three quarters of a cent. March Kansas City wheat trading at 830 and a quarter down one and three quarters of a cent. March Chicago wheat trading at 743 per bushel, down a half a cent. March corn trading at 652 and three quarters, down one and a quarter cents. March soybeans trading at 1491 and a quarter, down one and a quarter cents. March oats trading at 340 and three quarters, down three and a half cents. And that is the Commodities Update. The creator of High Heels and Canola Fields says simple strategies can make a difference when it comes to dealing with the everyday stresses that occur on the farm. Leslie Kelly, the creator of the Mental Wellness website and a co-founder of Do More Ag, explains how it all got started for her. I started High Heels and Canola Fields about five years ago with the hope and the goal of connecting those within agriculture to those outside of agriculture. And it's really morphed into a business of building community all around um, farm life and uh, farm stories and mental health. She provides her definition of stress. 
Yeah, the medical field definition of stress is when uh, we go through moments of stressful situations, the everyday uh, pressures, and it increases our heart rate, increases our blood sugar, and uh, our we can feel it within our body, our, our physical physical stress. Kelly outlined some of the signs of stress. Yeah, the signs and symptoms of stress can vary depending on who you are or your life experiences, what you're going through. Um, but all of us have different normals. So my uh, normal might be different than my husband's, um, and that that's okay. So for um, for each and every one of us, some of those signs and symptoms could be um, physical, mental, and emotional. Where physical could be, you know, increased heart rate, um, chest pain, uh, tension, headaches, and under the emotional on the mental front could be a change in our eating and sleeping. It could be um, being angry, feeling of uh, depression or depressed states, um, angry blow-ups, irritability, frustration. So it really depends on the person and it could be the stressor too. Um, but know that everyone's signs and symptoms are, are different. She provides some of the key stressors, especially in agriculture. Oh, um, you know, with farming, farming is amazing, and I love uh, what we do in this career, but it does have some unique stressors where there's lots of things outside of our control, such as the weather, markets, uh, which impact our finances, but it also can be other stressors like um, succession planning, the pressure uh, of farming, you know, taking on a fifth-generation farm. It could be animal care and crop care, or it could be everyday stressors, you know, um, for my Myself, um, having or doing housework or taking kids to various activities or being overbooked or trying to be in different places at different times um, or it could be some other critical life events like unfortunately the death of a of loved one or it could be um, a marriage um, so stressors will always be there it's uh, doing things that can help um, take care of us during those stressful moments. Kelly explains what can be done to deal with stress. Yeah, my family and I, um, we've learned uh, over the last decade of talking more about mental health that there are little things that you can do which can make some big everyday impacts. So some of those is to learn about stress and learn about what your signs and symptoms could be. Learn about what um, are your big stressors in life. It could also be learning that everyone's stress is, is different and it's the learning how to talk about stress and starting those conversations and helping someone go through that stress together and then it could also be um, doing things uh, that can take care of yourself and those around you so some self-care tactics and strategies both before during and after those stressful moments she says attitudes toward mental health have changed in recent years Oh, I've seen so many great changes. You know, five years ago, mental health wasn't on the agenda at events like this or wasn't uh, a you know, topic of social media conversations or it was very negative in those situations too. But now I've seen how agriculture is really um, rallying behind this topic, knowing that um, a lot of our farmers are going through hard times and that stress is part of farming. So I've seen so many great changes within our community, within industry associations, um, events like this, and at farm, farm tables of people talking about mental health, learning to understand their mental health, and then building and creating resources like what we do at Do More. 
Kelly says a number of resources are now available. Yeah, the, we do have many barriers within being part of, you know, rural areas, barriers to access, maybe the lack of mental health professionals, cost, not being able to get off a tractor or a combine at, in the heart of harvest. Um, but there are many great re- resources out there at Dumore. Um, we uh, we have a hub of resources, so um, being a catalyst or conduit of the resources that are currently out there, a list of them, and then also building resources like a mental health workshop that goes and then it's designed specifically for agriculture and then also um, resources for our mental health professionals so they know and understand uh, what farm life, that farm uh, lifestyle is like, that they can help build those therapeutic relationships. She says it's actually quite easy to find more information. Yeah, you can go to our website at domore.ag and it has a list of resources based on uh, provincial resources, but also where you are within your community. It could be regional aspect, but also the national resources as well, because when it comes to mental health, um, there are a variety of resources out there. Um, so it's great to have um, that wide array of resources that might help our neighbors or our friends or our fellow farmers. And Kelly concluded with these comments. Outside of, um, you know, my talk today focused on helping each other weather the storm. And I always like to share that we know in agriculture that storms come and those dark moments are there. But uh, also when uh, the storm passes that the sun and the light, it does come out. And we can do little things every day to help our neighbors and ourselves um, weather weather those storms together. Leslie Kelly is the creator of High Heels and Canola Fields, and she's a co-founder of Do More Egg. Farm Bulletin Board. The Saskatchewan Pulse Growers will be hosting their winter pulse meetings starting in next month. The registration is open now for the winter pulse meetings beginning February 2nd. They will host four events along with an exciting panel of presenters. You can join them in person for four different communities and with the option to join virtually for the Regina meeting. So the Regina meeting will be held Thursday, February 2nd. They'll be meeting in Assiniboia on Thursday, February 9th, in El Rose on Thursday, February 16th, and in Melfort on Thursday, March 2nd. So that's the 2023 Winter Pulse Meetings. Registration is now open for those meetings. The 2023 Agriculture Student Scholarship is now accepting applications for this year. This year's theme is Farming and the Environment. Applicants of the scholarship are encouraged to explore the idea of environmental sustainability within farming and the importance of public perception on modern farming practices. Applicants should focus on progressive environmental practices conducted by producers and the importance of relaying that message to the public to enhance trust in the industry. Students are invited to submit a creative three-minute video or 1,000-word essay discussing farming and the environment. Scholarships will be awarded to students in grade 12 and or recent graduates entering agriculture-related post-secondary studies in 2023. One winning scholarship of $4,000 and three runner-up scholarships of $2,000 will be awarded. 
The deadline for applications is March 1st of this year. For more information on the Saskatchewan Agriculture Student Scholarship Program, visit saskatchewan.ca slash ag scholarship. The East Central Research Foundation farm near Yorkton is actually looking for some help. They're looking for a new research assistant or even a co-coordinator that could take the leadership role in a few years. If they could find the recent master's student graduate in agronomy, that would be ideal. If you know of anyone who would be interested in this position, please forward the uh, information to that person and they can contact Mike Hall directly for more information either at 306-621-6032 or they can simply send a resume to him at m.hall at parklandcollege.sk.ca. And of course, uh, that is open-ended until we hear otherwise, so get your resume in as soon as you can on that one. And that's all the time we have for today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's now 1 o'clock and time to check the GX94 precision weather forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Partly sunny at times, winds south-southwest at 10 to 20, and a high of minus 8. For tonight, partly cloudy, winds west-southwest at 10 to 20, a low of minus 14. For tomorrow, cloudy, winds northwest at 10 to 20, a high of minus 8, a low of minus 12. For Wednesday, cloudy, winds northwest at 10 to 20, a high of minus 9. For Thursday, partly sunny at times, a high of minus 10. And Friday, a mix of sun and cloud, a high of minus 6. In the Paw and Show Lake Russell, it's minus 9 degrees. Swan River and Roblin, minus 10. Dauphin and Brandon, minus 11. Regina is at minus 7, Saskatoon minus 13, Hudson Bay minus 9, Broadview Mooseman minus 3, Indian Head minus 5, Winyard Wadena Kelvington minus 6. The Yorkton Melville region has a cloudy sky, a south southeast wind at 9 kilometers an hour, 92% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus 10 degrees. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 15 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines.